Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. It is a beautiful Friday. It is a little, little chilly. There's no doubt about that. But the uh, sun is shining. Looks like a nice weekend in store for us. I'll tell you that Tuesday, our old pal Bill O'Reilly is going to be here. Really, really looking forward to uh, to catching up with him. It's uh, a month or so ago uh, that he was here. And uh, I will not be here Monday. I always like to be as honest with you as is humanly possible. Sometimes painfully, I know. Sometimes too much. Sometimes Heidi looking at me like, really? You had to tell him that? I, I did. But uh, Monday, I'm, uh, I'm now at a point where I am looking forward to certain medical visits. So uh, Monday afternoon, they're going to burn my nerves in my back it's every six months. And then it gives me a little bit of relief. So anyway, that's uh, I will be uh, hopefully conspicuous by my absence on Monday. But Tuesday, Bill O'Reilly will be here. Monday morning, of course, my, uh, my friend John Reed will be here. John is uh, here each and every morning at 6 a.m. and just blows the socks off the place every time he's here. So I, I, I love his show. I really do. I, I like him as a, as a person, think the world of his family, and uh, just enjoy the show. I hope you'll be here. Now, I am back on Twitter, and I'm back on Twitter only because Elon Musk bought the place and is really exposing. What was going on there? The shadow banning, the silencing, and the rest of it. There's a professor of medicine out at Stanford who says terrible damage was done relative to COVID-19 treatments and the rest because the uh, the pinheads at Twitter went along with all the pinheads with the uh, CDC. Now, there's a report out. It comes from America First Legal. Uh, John Zadrozny, who's who's been here many times before, he's a great guy, Deputy Director of Investigations for America First Legal, has the latest on this report. John, I welcome you back. Good to have you here. Hey, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be with you again. It is our pleasure, and let's dive right into it. What is it that America First Legal has uncovered relative to, do I call it collusion between big tech and the CDC? I think you very well could call it collusion, Jeff. I, and it shows that, um, you know, it's it's like I, I like to say these days, there's there are no such things as conspiracy theories, just spoiler alerts, right? So everything we were told wasn't happening. Turns out not only was it happening, but it was worse than we thought. So uh, we've been on this case at American First Legal for a while, Jeff. Uh, it all started with Jen Psaki admitting from the podium last summer that they were colluding with big tech, which I don't think she realized was such a big deal because in their mindset, this is perfectly okay. Uh, We asked them for documents. They refused. We went to court and we've gotten hundreds of pages since then. Um, This is our fourth release of of fourth wave of documents from them. And uh, what it really shows is that, again, it was worse than everyone's been told and everyone was allowed to believe. Um, They uh, had, in fact, set up you know, we knew they were working with the CDC to suppress people's comments about the COVID-19 vaccine and their health concerns. What we discovered in this batch of documents, though, is that they were basically they had, in fact, been working very closely together. Uh, Google, for example, was working with the CDC uh, to make sure that they would have people at conferences so they can train people on misinformation and how to get coordination for censorship. Uh, um, the, the different uh, Twitter and other uh, organizations set up portals uh, so that they could be they could communicate uh, with people who wanted things censored and vice versa. Um, they had really close relationships so that people who could wanted to, you know, if you were a government employee, for example, at the CDC, um, they wanted you to be able to get to them right away to let them know what needs to be 
taken down so they couldn't miscommunicate. And there's this more disturbing trend, Jeff, on the left of we see that in these documents where they're basically saying um, they refer to uh, communication and freedom and speech as an infodemic. And they view it as their role to socially inoculate people against misinformation. But it's really funny because they basically really what they're basically admitting in this language is that free speech is a disease that requires a cure and that cure is government suppression. You know, I'm torn on this, John. There is the part of me as as a proud American that says this is absolutely outrageous. I'm appalled. And then there's a part of me that lives in the real world and says this is what we knew all along. Right. We knew that these people were doing this and they lied to our faces. And and thank God America First Legal has, has been able to uncover some of it. Now the question becomes, John, I'm upset. You're upset. The Biden administration doesn't give a damn. They think this is a great idea. So so what happens next? Well, what happens next is, uh, thankfully, uh, Jeff, we have a Republican Congress coming in in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, with any luck, two things will happen. Uh, I'm sure one will happen. I'm concerned one won't. Uh, the thing that probably will happen is hearings and uh, upfront investigations by the U.S. Congress. Uh, obviously, the Republicans didn't control the hearing agenda in the last Congress, but now we can. And this is a big deal. And it's a, it's a big deal for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, one thing that, speaking of things that the left was denying for a long time, they kept saying, well, yeah, even if Twitter and Google and so on were censoring, the reality is they're private companies. They can do what they want. We now have hard proof. And we have had hard proof for a few months, but now we have even more hard proof that the First Amendment was violated uh, in, in spades. Because once the federal government starts working with the private sector, you know, through coercion or voluntary cooperation, uh, it is now first that you basically deputize the private sector That's to right. be the arm of the federal government. Right. And they are violating the First Amendment. So the other thing, Jeff, that I'm worried is not going to happen but needs to is that we need to start defunding some of these agencies. Uh, Congress, you know, if Kevin McCarthy winds up being speaker, whoever else winds up being speaker, they have to have the guts to start cutting funding for the CDC and all these agencies and all these positions. I mean, it's Orwellian, Jeff. There's a position at CDC, uh, the person, one of the people whose emails we got, her title is Vaccine Confidence Specialist. I mean, that sounds Soviet, right? <laughs> that sounds like something you'd hear from the Soviet Union. Yeah. So um, we really need to start defunding these agencies so they don't have the money to, to abuse the American people anymore. Does that woman work for the Ministry of Truth? I mean, it really is. It's it, it's like 1984 just visited upon us uh, in, 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 in just graphic detail. What about the the current Twitter operation, John? Are you inspired as Elon Musk is is revealing a lot of these internal Twitter docs that that confirm uh, what you are saying with this report and others? Is, is there hope now, or do you think that that the uh, Biden administration, the other Dems, say, okay, now we got to go shut down Twitter? Yeah, I, I you know. I happen to be a fan of uh, Mr. Musk's. We're grateful for what he's done. I hope he's got a food taster or something these days because he is definitely the left's enemy, public enemy number one for, you know, liking free speech and supporting it through his platform. Uh, More and more is coming out. We're grateful for his efforts. I hope we see more. And we're only going to learn more and more horrifying stuff in terms of what's been happening over there. Uh, But I think he gets it. I think he's moving in a good direction. And it's also funny, Jeff, like the left can have 99 percent of the social media universe and the communications universe, but it doesn't matter. They need 100%, right? They can't bear the fact that there's an institution like Twitter out there that has this reach and this scope and this interest in free speech that they're going to try and crush it. They're going to get creative. I hope he sticks to it. And, you know, we're going to be, 
you know, we're the other front in this war. We're happy to help out on, in that regard. Right. Um, we're going to keep pushing. And when agencies don't give information, we'll go to court and we'll get documents like this. Have you had contact with the uh, the medical professor out at Stanford on this issue and how he has been basically uh, threatened with his job? Yeah, I mean, this is um, with this particular doctor, I don't know him, but I'm aware of his situation. And many other people went through this, right? Basically, um, they they decided that when they didn't like what you were saying, they were going to crush you. And they were not only going to take you off of these social media outlets, but they were going to then go to to your ability to feed yourself and your family, go to your employer and put pressure on the universities. And that's that's the next wave of things we have to get into. But uh, a lot of people were damaged by this. This is the thing that the left loves to they love to talk about free speech. There was a point in time, by the way, when the left was supportive of free speech. It was one of the rare areas where I think the right and the left got along. Yes. You know, the ACLU represented the, the Ku Klux Klan at one point right. and the right to march and protest. Uh, that would never happen today. It's not about the Ku Klux Klan. It's about free speech. Right. And like now you see that they have become full, full-blown pro-censorship. I think really, Jeff, what that comes in my perspective on this is that it's because they know their ideas lose in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So when you know your ideas are dead on arrival in the marketplace of ideas among thinking people, you only really have one option. You have to suppress your opponents. Uh, They're all great points. I want to remind everybody, John Zadrozny is joining us, the uh, Deputy Director of Investigations over at America First Legal. You know, John, uh, uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz has been with us uh, many, many times on this program, and uh, I, I always tell the story. I was I was 12 years old in Philadelphia when he was representing the Nazis in Skokie, Illinois. And uh, I rode on the school bus from Philadelphia to Skokie, Illinois to protest the Nazis. And I grew up, uh, for the better part of my life, hating Alan Dershowitz until I was personally exposed to him. And... Uh, he is all about free speech. Now, he makes no apologies for being a, a Democrat or a liberal, but he really, honest to goodness, believes in it, and he's been canceled by the left. So they, they know absolutely no bounds in this. Yeah, Jeff, there used to be a time in this country where people like Alan Dershowitz and Jonathan Turley and yes. some of these other liberal reporters where we all had a, a grudging respect for their profession. I mean, I like to remind people, too, they're both attorneys. And, and this the cancellation, not to change the subject, but it's happening in the legal field. And I always remind people who think that you should put pressure on people to not represent other people, that John Adams represented the British soldiers who were charged in the Boston Massacre. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Like, mm-hmm. there, there are people who refuse to let any particular political viewpoint get in the way of what they think is due process and the rights of other people. And it just goes to show the left is really full of it when they talk about believing in rights, believing in the constitutions. They are the number one assassins of the U.S. Constitution, all of the rights it provides. And so really we just have to going forward, we just got to be hard chargers on this, Jeff. Everyone's got to be a hard charger in their own space, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's in their communities, uh, and do not let them intimidate you. Uh, John, you're absolutely spot on, and uh, you know Turley has a has a great piece in uh, today's New York Post, I think. And uh, you may, if you haven't seen it already, you'll want to check that out. John, for folks who would like to actually take a look at this report, and it is pretty thorough, uh, good reading though. Where do they do that? How do they do that? Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, yeah, anyone who's interested would love to see uh, you know anything we've worked on, but especially in this context, we've got 600 page of doc- pages of documents. Uh, we could use all hands on deck. Anyone who wants to help us comb through them and have any ideas, please come to aflegal.org. That's alphafranklegal.org. We'd love to have you. And if you have any, you want to be uh, not a whistleblower per se, but you've got some insight into something or you think we should be looking at something, please give us a call or give us an email. Please reach out to us. We'd love to help. 
John, I appreciate the hard work you guys are doing. I look forward to chatting with you again, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend, my friend. Thank you, Jeff. God bless. Take care. Thank you. That is John Zadrozny. He's the Deputy Director of Investigations for America First Legal. If you're not familiar with it, go to the website, aflegal.org, aflegal.org. They are, in all candor, they're doing the heavy lifting that needs to be done. I don't think they get as much credit. I don't think they get as much um, exposure. I'm happy that uh, we've had John on for I think the better part of a year. And in in the interest of full disclosure, you know who was more familiar with him at first? My producer, Ryan, found him. He said, hey, you got to check this out. And he was absolutely correct. And so that's why I'm happy to have these guys on this report about this 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 truly inappropriate. I'm, I'm trying to choose my words carefully. I am parsing my language for sure. But this inappropriate relationship between the highest levels of our federal government and the highest levels of the social media crowd. What is so embarrassing is that the legacy news media hacks, for the most part, you know, those who want to lecture you about being real reporters and serious journalists, those people, they can't be bothered investigating this. Oh, no, no, there's nothing there. It's a private company. But is that private company be it Twitter or Facebook or any of the other ones, that private company operating really as an arm of the federal government, now it is a First Amendment issue. Now it is a constitutional issue. It is important stuff. 346, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA.